thank you, Lily and Myers, for leading us in song and in uh, time. Also, just want to say uh, welcome and thank you to all who are watching, especially ones who are from Oba International Friends. Uh, yeah, we would have liked <laughs> you to join our services, but uh, as the pandemic has 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 still closed many things down, we are not able to meet together. So, this is how we've been meeting together for a while now. Uh, we're still, uh, as a church, but also as Oba International Friends, we're longing to reach out to you and say hello to you as as you are here. Um, and also, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email us or, or write a comment, and we will love to get to know you. Also, if you are curious about what Myers said about the Bible studies and prayer meetings, please get in contact with us, and we will give you those links as well so you can join us in those things also. Um, yeah, and also just want to say thank you for the tech, team of uh, Bethel Church also. They <laughs> saved us uh, from many things being strange and also for the people up there now uh, that are making all these things possible. Um, so we're thankful for that. Uh, I'm, going to I'm going to read for us uh, the account of the, um, the resurrection from the Gospel of Matthew. And so we'll, we'll have the joy of doing that together. And um, yeah, so you can just follow along with the slides. So reading from Matthew 28. And now after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance, was, his appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for the fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and ran to the dis tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of him and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. When they had taken assembly with their elders and had taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell the people his disciples came by night and stole away stole him away while we were sleeping. And if it comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him. 
but some doubt it. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. So Sunday, Friday, we, <laughs> Friday and last week, we, we enter into this, the pain and suffering of Jesus, and he was dead. He was dead. So how can we have a culmination? Well, the culmination, culmination is this, this Sunday that Jesus, by rising, proves everything he said was true. Last week we explored this part, like all the things he said, he cannot be a good teacher because he says he's God as well. And so either he's a kind of a crazy person or he is, says, he, he says who he, he, <laughs> he is who he says he is. And by telling his disciples multiple times, three times explicitly and more times he is alluding to it, that he will raised after three days but their eyes were closed and their ears were closed to hearing what he said and, and, and we'll get into that as well but on the cross as we've been singing even today and as Jesus says from the cross it is finished Christ in his death he wins how can you win in death? Well, he does he wins in death by serving by taking our punishment our death he died for sin. As John the Baptist said, he is the true Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. As in the songs as well, as I was reminded about, as Jesus dies, the, what, what um, covers the holies of holies rips and true from the, from the top, symbolizing that now God is dwelling with men. Christ with us, Emmanuel the true very presence in us believers by faith having the Holy Spirit reside in us. But where we left, Jesus was dead and a dead God is not that great. <laughs> and you can see all the people that are skeptics of the resurrection can see there's a lot of doubt in the stories. Um, the disciples are hiding the disciples are not like, yes, it's Sunday, let's go. Jesus is alive. No, they're not. They're hiding. They're afraid. They don't go to the tomb. They're not expecting Jesus to rise. And the women that go to the tomb are not expecting to see alive Jesus. They go there to embalm my dead body. And even in the accounts we have, we have uh, accounts we have Mary keep looking, and in one of the accounts keep asking people where he is it? like who took his dead body. She's not She's not expecting to see Jesus. The beautiful part of those accounts is also that she, uh, Mary mistakes Jesus for being the gardener, and she says like, "Have you ever taken him?" And Jesus says her name. He says. Mary. 
Her eyes are open to see who is, and she worships him. The question also for you there today is, have you been met by Jesus? Have you seen who he is? Have you heard him call your name? Have you, like Mary and the ladies here, worshipped Jesus, wanting to cling hold of him? And even as we walk by faith day by day, do we, do I cling to Jesus? And like I said before, there's, there's a lot of unbelief in the stories of the resurrection. Disciples have a very hard time. Also what, what Marius was saying, they're not expecting this. They have a very hard time understanding. They don't believe the women either. And here, here it's just interesting in the Gospels that, that all the Gospels agree that it's the women. It, it makes absolutely no sense. If you wanted to make this up, you will not have women be the witnesses. And you can say, well, that's so like, so you can't say that. Well, that's how the phone, <laughs> that, that's not because I'm a chauvinistic uh, person. But at this point in time, women's, women's witness were not admissible in court. And so if you want to make up a story, you don't have women go find Jesus. It would make no sense. That was just a sidetrack. But then, <laughs> then as Amaius read, the, the, the people on their, Emmaus Road, they, they don't understand what's going on. They, they're, they're sad. They're, they don't believe the women. They're sad. They, then this strange person comes and talks to them, and he asks, Look, what's going on? And they're like, yeah, we thought like Jesus was going to like make the kingdom of Israel, and he didn't, and he died, and the women said he's erased, but we, I mean, we can't really believe that. And, um, and then we have Thomas in the story in John, and he's like, he's like, <laughs> and that's even after, that's even after, um, that that's that, that's even after, uh, oh yeah, that's Thomas. Like we, even after everybody, like all the, all all the, all the other friends, Thomas have this seen Jesus, like this seen and raised the dead, and Thomas he's like. No, I don't believe all of you guys. <laughs> it's like, Thomas, like, dude, <laughs> like everybody else has seen him. But he's like, we've seen the Lord, but he said, that unless I see his hands, the nail marks in his hands, and I put my finger where he was stabbed by the spear, I will never believe. You could say Thomas is a pretty big skeptic. And then the interesting thing is that Jesus doesn't just show up at that moment and slaps him over the head. Hey, I'm alive. He waits some time, and then he comes. He says, Thomas, put your hands here, fingers here, fingers here. What happens to Thomas? We can read it there. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And he said to Thomas, Put your hand, finger here and see my hands. Put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. See, Thomas gets a lot of, like, <laughs> Thomas gets a lot of beatings because he's a skeptic. But look at his beautiful response. Thomas answered him, 
my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. That's the call for you today and for me because we didn't see Jesus rise physically. But if we believe, we are blessed because we believe the witness of the people who kept telling the story about Jesus' resurrection. So I understand if you're out there like, I don't know, some dude like rose again. No, I understand. I understand. But you got then you got to, if you're being honest with yourself, then you have to investigate and see what are what is the evidence of this. Which is like, if you're honest, it's actually really overwhelming. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but then, but then actually also, Jesus, and then th we might read that part, and he said like, he actually has to rebuke them. He has to rebuke the disciples. He's like, Oh, you foolish ones and slows of heart to believe all the all the prophets have spoken. And he says, wasn't it? It was necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and enter into his glory. And he opens up their minds. This is what Marius also read earlier. This is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from death. And that rep repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. And beginning from, Jer from Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you. Stay in the city until you're clothed with the power on high. That was not what Myers read, <laughs> but it was still a great part. Um, but this is what, like, this is what the mission of the other people are. He has to open up there after his resurrection. Jesus still has to explain to them who they are. You remember they had a, also their hope. The people on their road had the hope that Jesus was going to restore the kingdom of Israel. But Jesus does, does so much more. He comes and invites all people and he becomes the blessing from Abraham. The blessing of all the nations. That there will be proclaim in his name repentance and forgiveness for all the nation. They will start in Jer Jerusalem and then we do in on a sermon series and Acts normally and then see how it spreads from there to the whole world. And my friend friend Abel up there, they, they, have, they have Thomas going all the way to India. So you might have doubted in the beginning, well man, he became a witness who traveled to share the good news of Jesus. What's the next slide? I think I'm lost a little bit. Okay, that's fine. I'll go on there. <laughs> um, and so we also talked about a little bit last time. It's the it's the Isaiah 53 the, uh, and the other prophets, prophecies in the Psalms and Jesus saying all the Old Testament is about, is about me. And he had to open up their minds even after he was resurrected to see, for them to see who he really was that they could believe. Now, a very important thing and also something that has been tried to be, be disputed a lot is that 
the, some has rightly said that the Christian faith this stands and falls with the resurrection. The Jews, if they had the body of Jesus, like some said, well, the, the Jews came and took it away. Well, if the Jews or the Romans had had Jesus' body, they could just have produced it and said, you guys are crazy. He's right here. And all the people, yeah, they would steal it. No, they wouldn't. That's what they were afraid of. That's why they had the guards there because they were afraid that, they, that, that the body should disappear. So why are so many people trying so hard to discredit the resurrection of Jesus? Well, because people don't really rise would be an obvious one. And <laughs> if a person predicts that they're going to die and rise again, well, the problem would be, just as I said in the beginning, then all the things he says are true. So if I don't like what Jesus is saying because it has implications in all of my life, because if he is king and lord of my life and I'm not, if I'm accountable for all my words, my thoughts and my deeds, to an all-knowing, powerful God who will not equip me, well, that's not so nice, is it? So it's better to try to undermine the Bible and also undermine the resurrection of Jesus because then I can get out from that. No, the problem is that the tomb is empty and there's not been any good explanation of why it's empty other than it is what Jesus said. There's been many theories, many things. There's just nothing that's compelling. And at least two people like really trying to disprove it have become Christians in the process of seeing the mountains of evidence. Bonifacai is uh, Lee Strobel, and another guy is the guy who's who runs something called Cross Examined. He was a he was a he was a investigator, a cold case guy. They would call up, and he would investigate cases that had murders that had been uh, they hadn't couldn't find anyone murders, so he would be called in. And then when he he was not a believer, he he he, he investigated, investigated, and as he continued to investigate. He's like, well, nobody talks about this. Like this, like Jesus, the evidence proved the evidence is there that he rose. And then we were talking, we were talking about it at home, and like, but what is the good news of the gospel? Well, the good news of the gospel is that that's a free gift. It's a, it's a free gift by faith. So my youngest daughter said, well, you know, that's so easy. You just, you just receive the gift. You just receive the gift. But I have lived a little bit longer. <laughs> so I also know that our hearts can be really hard. And our, our knees can be really hard to bend. And as we get more and more autonomous, we, we have a very hard time bowing our knees or even accepting something for free. And so I said and reflected, it's probably the very hardest thing for the human heart is to admit, I need a savior. To bow the knee and humbly ask, Jesus. 
to believe in his life, death, and his resurrection by faith. That I would change my mind, also called repentance, and walk in the way of Jesus. Not continuing to try to disprove the resurrection, but take great joy in it. The good news that we all need a Savior, but we would acknowledge that and humble ourselves. That Jesus has made it possible for you to be forgiven for all the things you've done. To be redeemed and reconciled to God, adopted, cleansed, made, do, made new by faith in Jesus. If it's not true, then we can look at what Paul says here in Corinthians 1 Corinthians 15. For I deliver to, uh, to you a first important watch I also received that Christ died for our, our sins in accordance with the scripture. That he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to which the scriptures. Then he appeared to Cephas, then to, to 12, and then appeared to more than 500 brothers at the same time. Most of whom are still alive, though some had fallen asleep. But Paul in Corinthians says, 15 also says that if Christ is not risen, because there's some issues with, even really early, there was some issues, but maybe, maybe Jesus only rose spiritually and not physically. So he's like, no, guys, if you don't believe in the resurrection, we're not speaking true, and then everything that doesn't work. There has to be a resurrection, and there is a resurrection. And, and Paul says that, no, of first importance, Jesus died according to the scriptures, and he was raised on the third day, just as he said. And there's 500 people at one time, and when Paul is writing, he says, just go talk to them. People are still alive. It would be so easy just to say, oh, he didn't rise. Well, uh, we all seen him. <laughs> we saw him. And if it's not true, the wrath of God is still on us. We're still, we don't, don't we don't have any hope. There's no, nobody there to save us. And Jesus doesn't just disappear. He's there, he appears, uh, disappear. He appears for 40 days, different people at different times. And he doesn't appear to everyone. And we talked about that in Acts. No, he appears to the people that we would be his witnesses. And I was just thinking one thing <laughs> as I was preparing. So Jesus has, a, Jesus, and this is unique to Christianity. Jesus says he is God. Uh, no other religion has that. They don't have a leader who says that they are God. They point to somebody else being a God. Um, now, there was people who said they were God. Well, they didn't say technically say they were God. They just made themselves God after they were dead. So the Roman emperors had a, had a tendency to do that. They also had a lot of gods, God, so it didn't really matter if they had a, a few extra. But when we look at it today, there's nobody. Nobody is worshiping Caesar Augustus as, as, a, as, a, as God. Nobody's worshiping any of the other Roman emperors. So it's very interesting that <laughs> that the most powerful people in that time they are not being worshipped today as gods, although they made themselves gods after they were dead. But a man from uh, 
very small village of Nazareth of really no wealth or beauty to appear to. Today, 2,000 years later, one billion people worship Jesus as Lord God and Savior. And they do not worship a dead God, but a living one. And then we said, like, we talked about it. There's the theory, oh, but the, even we have it in Matthew that the disciples would run out at night, you know, and somehow do a mission impossible, climbing past the, past the guards and rolling back the stone and then taking Jesus away. But, and then they made up the resurrection. Well, first of all, they are super scared and hiding, and they're not even believing that Jesus will rise. So it's, it's such a not very smart argument. Um, it doesn't make sense. They're super cowardly at this point, and they're not going to go charge a band of, of people, of uh, soldiers at the tomb. They don't even understand totally who Jesus is at this point. Like, but Peter tries to fight in the garden, and he's like, don't do that. It's like, oh, okay. So they're not going to start a fight, and they're not going to try to bust out his his his, his body because Honestly, they're cowardly at this point. But something happened to the disciples. Something changes them totally. From hiding in a room to most of them giving their lives to tell people about Jesus. So something changed. And there's no way those 11 people and the rest of the people giving their lives for this. Not like blowing things up and bombs and stuff. No, no, no going and serving people, the orphans and the widows, and, 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 and telling people about Jesus, that repentance is found, that you, can, that you can have your sins forgiven if you believe in Jesus. But not all the time they were received well, and many of them were killed. And even today, people believe the resurrection so much that the people that are killed for their faith most is Christians. In 2019, it was 2,983 people who was killed for their faith in Jesus. That number was actually a little, it was lower than the earlier years, where it was more. Why do you get killed for your faith? Because Jesus rose. It shows that everything he said was true. And Jesus also said that if you die, you will still live with me. So the hope of the people who give up their lives is just as Paul says, for me to die is gain, but for staying alive is good for you and for the work of Christ. Maybe for us in the West who are not persecuted, who are not maligned for anything, really, maybe people think we're crazy. That's okay. But the people who have their lives on the line, who some of them will pay by their lives because they will not recant and say that they don't believe in Jesus. Some people will lose their families, their jobs, 
Why do they continue to hold on? Because they know Jesus is bigger than this life. Our lives is not just about this life. It's about eternal life with Jesus. And now, and not when I die, it ends. No, it continues forever. So that's what this resurrection shows, that we, as a believer in Christ, we, we die on the cross with Jesus. Nailed to him all our sins. We show that here as, as being buried in his death in baptism and raised with Jesus to new life. His resurrection guarantees our resurrection. That this life is not all there is. And as Marius also said, when Jesus comes back, it guarantees eternal life with him. That's why people throughout all of history have given their lives up because they know Jesus' resurrection means that everything he said is true and therefore I trust him with my life and my death. And he said to Mary when he raised Lazarus, I am the resurrection of the life. Whoever believes in me even though will live even though he dies and everyone that lives in me will never die. Do you believe that? If you do, it changes everything for you. When I became a believer and really understood the gospel, since then I have never feared death because I know what it is. It is eternal life with Jesus. Just in, um, you have to be careful when you're listening to a guy like me speaking, but I am rounding things up now, or at least I'm trying to. In Jesus' death, believing in him we die. He makes us a new creation. Jesus' life is perfect obedience. He's the true and better Adam. Believing in Jesus, we get his righteousness. From heaven, dirt, claims, stains. Some people say, like, I have done these good deeds. And, and the prophet says, your good deeds are like filthy rags. They can never save you. But Jesus' good deeds can be your perfect righteousness. His perfect obedience we don't earn our own obedience. We don't earn by our own obedience God loving us. Some religion systems have you do this, you do this, you do this, and then you're okay, good enough. No, we have a God who came in through Jesus Christ because there's no way we can come up. He comes in. It's not about being good enough. It's about having faith. By faith in Jesus, trusting His perfect obedience that nullifies our disobedience and it's by faith in Jesus. Jesus' resurrection shows us that we will be resurrected like him to abundant life in Christ and everlasting joy in the presence of Jesus. And you're like, ah, just, you know, just have to wait for that. No, you start now. As soon as you understand who Jesus is, your abundant life starts now with him. Eternal life starts as soon as you believe in Jesus. You get the joy to live the life 
for Jesus, not for you or for others. Because then you don't have to, you don't have to, uh, what is called, you don't have to be concerned about what other people think about you or uh, compare. Because it's not about you, it's about what Jesus has done. And you can be the person that he has created you to be. You would say, that seems a little bit hard. Yeah, but Jesus is so good. He's so great. He sends his helper to us. His Holy Spirit gives us the help and the power. The true person of God comes to live in us as Jesus, as by faith we accept who Jesus is. So we don't walk by ourselves in our own works. We walk in Jesus' works and the Holy Spirit leads and guides us. And God has prepared those good works for us before even the world began. And then you might be confused, but when, <laughs> you know, some person said, like, where's Jesus now? It's like, does he come to your church, like, regularly? Yeah, hopefully he does. Prayerfully he does. He comes. <laughs> he comes as we're together. He comes. Physically, Jesus is ascended to the right hand of the Father. As Myers was saying, he's praying for us, interceding, be getting ready to come back. And it's my appeal to you because we don't know when he's coming back. But we do know what happens when he comes back. Everyone will see and everyone will fall to their knees because Jesus is that worthy. Some of us will fall to our knees in great worship, think, thanking him for all he's done, all the good works he's done. And it's so great, amazing to see that he's back. Some people will fall on their knees gnashing their teeth, hating that he came back because they rather would live for anything else than Jesus. But in this time of Resurrection Sunday, I would just ask you, I would just present the gospel to you and say, every knee will beat up, but will bow down. And I, I just told you that some of you, it will cost you everything. Because some people would lose their families. Some people get killed from the name of Jesus. Jesus asked people to know what they say yes to. But what we've presented to you today is that Jesus is who he is. He is who he, is. he, is who he says he is. And he's the resurrection of the life too. And actually believing in him by faith. Not your own works, but believing that this good news is also for you. And Jesus Christ is our Savior. He's our Redeemer. He's the one who conquers the death, evil, the work of the evil one as well. He's the hope we have in life and death. So consider it. Who is Jesus? Is he also your Savior? I can say from us here, Jesus is risen. We can have abundant, eternal life in him if we believe in him. Do you believe? And all of us who do, let us rejoice in the work of Christ to the glory of the Father by the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Lord God, I thank you. I praise you so much. Lord Jesus, thank you for overwhelming me with your love and kindness and goodness. As I say, I was so far from you. By some, by some called a good person, but I was just making my own righteousness. <laughs> Not righteous at all, but doing all sorts of rebellious things against you. And Lord, I'm so thankful that in your mercy and grace you drew me out of darkness into your light. And I just thank you for all my, the many, the friends I have, the one billion people around the world that love and serve you. Also today, a lot of our hearts goes out and our prayers to our brothers and sisters in the world who are persecuted by their faith, who will risk their lives of meeting together. Lord, I pray that you would continue to encourage their hearts and minds, and I know you do. And Lord, even maybe even pray for the same kind of faith that did have. Over solved and never back down, but always trust in who you are. So Lord, we just thank you. Thank you so much for your overwhelming love for us, for your grace, your mercy. How you call us, how you speak, Jesus. Mary. Lord, I pray for the people watching to just experience again your call. The Holy Spirit will be working through those people. Lord, I pray by your Holy Spirit, the people sitting there with questions, you come and meet them. Give them boldness to ask questions, email. Lord, may this be the day, as Paul says, may this, de- may this resurrection day be a day of salvation for many into eternal life with you, we ask. And Jesus, for all of us who has walked this for a short or a longer time, Lord, I pray this, just this day, you know, I pray that each Sunday, you know, Lord, that each time we reminded about who you are, it will grow bigger and bigger and bigger, and that we in your faith, keep growing in the love of who you are. To your grace and your glory and for the good of us and the people around us. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, yeah, so we thank you so much for being with us. Uh, you're welcome to join other times as well on the Koinonia uh, Facebook. <laughs> and we hope to have physical services at some point also. Um, so, But thank you for being with us. May the Lord bless you. And so what we do here in the end is I would, uh, I would ask you to stand up. And it's like, why should I stand up by my computer? I would ask you to stand up. It's a part of participation. And so I would ask you to stand up. And in standing up, you're like, okay, I'll participate in this part. And so we read from Hebrews. And so what I would do is like a, I would give a benediction for us. And so you can receive this. And so Hebrews, we read, May the God of peace who brought, who through the blood of the eternal covenant, Jesus' blood, brought back the, the de- from the dead, O Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will 
And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So thank you so much for this time. May you have a great, enjoyable Easter. He is risen.